Welcome to Chapter Plays, an actual play podcast featuring cinematic role-playing stories of daring heroics and low intrigue. I'm your GM and host, Mike Athey. Today we're playing another chapter of the Gadget Extraction Team serial, a 1930s pulp adventure set in the world of Trinity Continuum Adventure, with an exclamation point. And joining me today are uh, two of the players. We've got uh, Sam and Merle. Oh, oh, no. fuck. Am I supposed to use your real names? <laughs> that I is am. perfectly all right. Um, I'm fun. Hi. I am Sam. Uh, they, them. And for this serial, I play Emma Banachek, a pulp writer and former adventurous who hasn't gotten over the former part just yet. <sighs> And I am Merle, and I am playing Jean. Uh, I forget my own character's name here. Uh, Jean Pierre Auclerc, who is a an um, a deserter from the French. Uh, let's say the French army. And oh shoot! Sorry, my. She does not seem to want to open itself up, and I didn't realize. Uh, Jean Pierre is a bit of a. Uh, it, I don't want to say ladies' man because he isn't, but he's is he's a bit of a, a man about social butterfly. Town, social butterfly. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, he's a bon vivant, a um, raconteur, uh, a he certainly is scoundrel. All right. Uh, he's not that much of a scout. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I think he 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 only engages in theft and uh, con games when it's necessary. He's a gentleman about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a third player, Drew, will be joining us later, possibly. So, uh, last adventure, you guys want to give a very brief recap of the events of the last uh, episode? When we last left our heroes, they were, I believe, robbing the Black Museum, a museum of occult artifacts stolen from the local people's from by a vile Nazi with way too much time on his hands. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, you guys have had your adventure in Chile, and a little time has passed. So uh, before we get into the the events of today's adventure. Um, I thought we might want to review one of the features of the story path system that I particularly like, which is called uh, aspirations. They are short-term and long-term goals, basically, for the player, for the character. So, you know, the character has their own goals and, and wishes and desires, and of course that's important. But the thing with the aspirations is it's a way to signal to everybody at the table that this is a particular object or subject that you want to focus on. 
Um, so you have uh, kind of a little more control or at least input into the, this session. And also uh, it, it's a cue to the, the storyteller, the GM basically to uh, try to incorporate that stuff and uh, help make it happen. So uh, you guys have accomplished a number of aspirations in the past, and um, essentially now we're kind of resetting for this, this adventure. Uh, you get uh, two short-term and one long-term. Um, any ideas what you might be using for this coming uh, adventure? Well, as always, I'm starting with, um, I'm starting the, uh, sorry, I have my constant short-term aspiration, which is uh, file the next chapter, because she is a, because Emma is a pulp writer, it is always about basically making sure that her adventures make it into the next week's magazine. Um, and also, especially for this, I've changed it. It was rated tomb for a while, but I wasn't getting anywhere with that. So this time, um, we've been told beforehand that it might involve eldritch horror and possibly like Egyptian artifacts. So I have put down to fight a mummy. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay, sure. We can make that happen, I think. Given the actress, I have to get it done once, right? Yeah, uh, just for the player or for the listeners. For, to... for the benefit of those at home, um, I went with the rather basic option of um, using Rachel Weisz as the actress who plays Emma for the for for this serial we've been putting together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Jean Jean Pierre is is quote unquote played by uh oh. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Ah, David Niven. David Niven, thank you. And uh, yeah, we we uh, we have on our virtual uh, tabletop images that we use for portraits of people. Um, Shay O'Keefe, Drew's character, is portrayed by Tom Hardy as he appeared in the film Lawless. Um. So, yeah. So you have uh, fight a mummy and file a report. What? Uh, do you have a uh, new... chapter chapter okay yeah um another installment in the adventures of sam Steele. her um her pulp hero who's basically just a gender flipped version of her cool okay and uh do you have a, a new long term or is it a a one that you've had for a while the long term is i want her to grow a contact network i want her to sort of grow into um we have someone who sort of does the theft stuff. We have someone who does the academic stuff. We have someone who hits things really well. She mainly does range, but what I want to sort of move her into is being more of the person who knows somebody and who can get things and who can basically sort of get in and get out of places, that sort of stuff. Okay, so sort of a fixer. Yeah, that was the original concept for her was a fixer because she'd had this amazing life and knew all these people, and then I sort of um, we sort of originally had it around. Uh, I, I apologize, I'm sort of underconfident. We had 
sort of the general makeup of the warrior was the person who hit things. The scholar was the sort of wizardly one. And then uh, Emma sort of branched out into thief. But as we have a much better thief, I'm sort of branching back into fixer. Okay. Sounds good. I apologize for the rambling. That is not at all rambling. No, we'll let you know when you're... Yeah, we'll let you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think we did talk a little bit about... We had some overlap skill-wise, but I think uh, conceptually they're they're still pretty distinct, I think. And the gifts um, help to, to make that distinction. Right. And yeah, I think... For Jean-Pierre, I think I'm going to, again, try to to lean into the distinctions. Uh, And I'm probably going to be pushing him much more to be a physical thief uh, slash pilot. Um, Because that's just kind of... That that will let Emma just kind of focus on the role that that Sam wants to take with her. Yeah. Sounds good. And do you have um, short-term and long-term aspirations for so, Jean-Pierre? Long-term, he still hasn't uh, faced his self-perceived cowardice yet. Oh, right, yeah. The short-term, I was thinking about, and based on... So, he accomplished both of his short-term goals last session, uh, one of which involved setting a museum on fire. made sense at the the time it does I think maybe I should go right I should maybe go a little bit less extreme with his short term aspirations this time Uh, so let's say uh, hmm I'm going to say get a friend out of a jam Um, okay Unless it's... Oh yeah, just get a friend out of a jam. Yeah. And... Hmm. And you know what? Heck with it. Uh, just really lean to it for a second aspiration. Uh, I'd like to see him uh, be put in a situation where he has to take a bullet for someone. Or to choose choose to take a bullet for someone. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So uh, for this adventure, we're going to say that um, yeah, okay. So one of the two of you is familiar with a scholar from the Aeon Society named Dr. Emmett Whitby. Um, he is a custodian and archaeologist who works for the British Museum in London and whose field of study is chiefly focused on the uh, Egyptian uh, history. Um, which one of you would be the most likely to, to be acquainted with this person? 
I believe that would probably be Emma, considering the number of contacts she seems to have around the university. Yep, I would agree. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Whitby is having a soiree in London in which he's invited a number of interesting local figures and explorers, adventurers, and whatnot. And uh, you, both of you, have ended up on the invitation list. So, uh, we'll go ahead and jump to your arrival at his uh, upscale apartment a couple blocks from the museum where there's already a little bit of a party going. And uh, you can see that it's, uh, it is formal dress. So uh, we expect you to dress up a little bit. I mean, I'm sure Jean-Pierre would have uh, something scrolled away on the order of a white tuxedo. How <laughs> to do it. Um, it pays to be well-dressed. Yeah, Emma's going to go a little more understated. Um, just sort of basic suit, neutral colors. Um, a little upscale, but, you know, not like overdressed. It is like an academic gathering of the Okay, yeah. And uh, you see Whitby standing in um, a drawing room. He is smoking a cigar. He's dressed in a fairly standard uh, black and white tuxedo. And there's a, a group of men who look pretty much similar to him. Um, Middle-aged white British guys. But uh, there are a mix of uh, other ethnicities and uh, genders represented here. Um, you see uh, another scholar scholarly-looking gentleman in uh, old-fashioned-looking tuxedo that uh, has around spectacles that's uh, telling people something and they seem to be enjoying it as uh, he stands there and he sips his drink with an engaged expression. When he sees the two of you, uh, he quickly motions towards Emma and says, uh, oh, hello, Emma, please come over here. Oh, yes. Would be. Lovely to see you again. I'm so pleased that you could make it. Everyone, this is Emma Benedict, the writer adventurous that I told you about. And there's some impressed news and odds from people there, and uh, you can see a, a group of people like coming over to, to, to listen in to the conversation. Please, it's simple popularism, but I don't mind if it's even vaguely impressive. Anyway, uh, what brought you to invite me here? There were some matters that I wished to discuss with you, um, but uh, I'll save the details for later. For now, just mingle, get to, uh, to know some of the people here, and uh, please share some of the stories of your adventures. I'm sure they'd 
all of the most interested. And uh, he takes a moment to like go around and introduce some of the people there, uh, pointing out people that are in some way or another uh, adjacent to Aeon Society interests. Um, of course. There is a lot of people with an interest in foreign cultures, antiquities, um, most of whom are less inclined towards the tomb robbing end of the spectrum and more towards the, the uh, active appreciation. And uh, he's introduced the guy with the round spectacles as uh, Montague, Montague Rhodes James, who uh, Emma's already acquainted with. He's a, uh, a writer who has a, a lot of work that is done about old manuscripts. Particularly, I think, medieval ones. Professor James, always a pleasure. Hello, and Emma. I liked the new one. Interesting setting, very cramped, but entirely effective. Oh, thank you. Jean Pierre is, is doing his best to serve as uh, arm candy. For Emma. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> He'll let her do the talking. Yeah. And yeah, she she will. Um, so she'll talk for a while about like whatever popular ghost stories he's published, and um, of course answer the usual questions. Uh, probably. Um, oh God. When if somebody asks her about like adventures, then she'll talk about. It. She won't get into it, but. Uh, she won't get into it too much, but uh, there was this fantastic moment over a Europe over a castle um, further on the European continent, and proceeds to regale them with the time that she like started leaping from plane to plane without a parachute. Okay, so uh, this inspires a lot of impressed or at least amused reactions from people. Um, obviously. Some of them are not entirely believing the, the, the veracity of these stories, but they, they're, they're not going to challenge you on the details because, you know, it's not polite. Um, but there are enough people that are from Aeon circles that uh, believe you and know that you're actually telling the truth about what has happened. Um, let's see. Whitby uh, seems curious about if you've heard anything from any of the uh, acquaintances you've made from these past adventures. And uh, at this point, I'll invite you guys to suggest some developments that might have happened with some of the uh, the people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name. Well, actually, you tell me what you've heard about uh, particular people, and I can remind you of some of the the adventures that you've had in the past. Sure thing, because I'm terrible with names. Uh, so he was terribly out of the mind there. Right. Um, so, uh, for example, there's uh, Catriona and Michael, who were the uh, members of the Irish uh, Thieves group that uh, you helped out a while back. What are right. they up to? Uh, well, imagine... Um, Oh, what was it? I, I'd imagine finding 
a place for the uh, I really have to take notes. Um, we call it the Doomsday Arsenal, the Dark Archive, the, the, the place where we keep all the stuff that we bring out only in case of emergencies. I okay. think um, they were helping us find a place for it in, well, in a more central location that would be like a little better off. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. So we're not necessarily the AM society, but not necessarily anywhere else. Okay. All right. Um, have you heard back from Princess Ilania of Austria? Her, I don't. Hang on, did, we didn't meet her at that uh, ball, did we? Yes, we did. yes. Okay, so I wasn't kind of remembering her correctly. Uh, I'm trying to remember. She was uh, in kind of a bind, if I recall correctly, because of well. Uh, wasn't there the? Uh, I'm trying to remember, and my notes are unfortunately fairly vague on that matter. Oh well, okay. Uh, so she she's was a... being pressured by um the fascists, wasn't she? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, no. That uh, what happened was you guys had sort of managed to trick a Slavic gangster named Anze who is an old enemy of her family. And because of that, and your ability to uh, basically protect, or, well, you acquired an artifact from a castle in Yugoslavia. And yes, the sword. And the, or, so she invited you as yeah. after she heard the story about that. Oh, right. And she ended up having, coincidentally, part of an ancient Irish uh, gem in her possession. And that kind of led you on the whole thing where you discovered this uh, Irish thieves gang. Right. That was the first clue, so to speak, on that. Uh, so I'm going to think maybe she could have... Uh, she's She's been doing the whole uh, political, diplomatic... Uh, Foxtrot trying to uh, shore up um, I guess shore up her position and make sure that she can uh, like since given that we've we've kind of <clears throat> she her being in the position she has been has wound up being fairly pivotal in, with regards to some uh arcane artifacts, I guess, uh, would probably lead to her becoming rather interested in keeping an ear out for anything like that uh, in case it would come and bite her in the tuchus or alternately give her uh, a leg up over her rivals or enemies. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And... um while she is technically a princess of Austria, she actually is mostly occupied in Romania, uh, which is her home country. And um, yeah, she's able to tell you that there's been some suspicious goings on around Brian Castle, which uh, to tourists is known as Dracula Castle. Um, but uh, nothing too conclusive just yet. 
Uh, let's see. Let me throw out another name. Uh, what was the last thing you heard from what Max Mercer was up to? Max Mercer being the, the head and founder of the Aeon Society. And him, I don't think I've actually met in person. No, you haven't. I you think haven't. the other, other two did, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's all very mysterious, but last I heard he was... Uh, last I heard he'd made his way into North Africa. Was taking care of something personally. Ah, interesting. Yeah, um, I'd uh, say. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, uh, Polo in the meantime has uh, set himself up. I, I don't know. Uh, but with 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 some assistance from uh, uh, Jean Pierre and his Ant Society contacts bought a small uh, airstrip in, I don't know, I don't remember where Palma was heading, but basically setting himself up somewhere where he could uh, make a quick getaway if anybody tries to use him as leverage again. Okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, somewhere somewhere in the, the Mediterranean, probably. All right. I think he's originally and, from. He's Hungarian, so uh, yes, he was. Yeah, but I don't think that necessarily has to to define where he ends up. Um, all right, and uh, let's see, what's another person to pull out of the hat? Oh, uh, have you heard any rumors regarding uh, Doctor Zorbo? Not since he vanished beneath the waves and good riddance. But surely no one could have survived that. Right. Yes. Everybody is confident and agrees that good riddance. Um, there's no way the tyrant of the sky could have survived his fate out in the Atlantic. So, um, as Although talk- I have heard of uh, ships going missing off the coast of France. Oh. Yes, there have been rumors of uh, some merchant vessels disappearing or uh, seemingly uh, being lost out there in the Atlantic. And uh, people are like talking about possible uh, German U-boats or something, but so far there's not been any evidence to point in that direction. So uh, Whitby draws your attention to a new arrival as you're chatting. You see uh, an attractive woman in a uh, somewhat ostentatious um, outfit uh, with a lot of gems encrusted on the the evening dress. And um, she's not super tall but she has the the uh the bearing and kind of regal posture of someone of importance and uh draws the eye immediately of everybody in the crowd as she walks in you can see a large kind of uh thick-necked kind of blunt-faced man in an ill-fitting tuxedo kind of lingering behind her he takes the the uh mink stole that she's removed from her shoulders Say it's winter time in London, so it's snowing outside. It's pretty cold. 
but happily the uh, interior of Whitby's apartment is pretty toasty. And um, she looks across at the two of you and at Whitby and the others and seems to have a, a faint look of amusement about her. Hello? We might have just had somebody join. Hey, Drew. Hello. Sorry about that. Hello, Drew. No not problem. Too sorry. Uh, I had work stuff that, well, not work. You know, uh, work happy hour thing. I need to. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay, it's the good kind of work stuff. Right, the the kind that's like, yeah, I should be here, and yeah, I should have a good time. But both are true. But yeah, it's why I was like, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to be here, but. If we get out before, you know, if we get done before six, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So, um, recorded recording has started, but we don't have to incorporate uh, too much change into it. You could just give a quick description of Shay. All right. Yeah, I think uh, depending on the situation, uh, Shay's just uh, a uh, I don't want to say a lug. That that sounds it, but he's he's very much built like the sort of traditional uh, big guy from uh, you know from uh, Pulp Tales past. Very much an upper body uh, kind of guy. Uh, Dresses pretty casually. You know, it changes based on where he's at, but always pretty casual. Uh, what else? Oh, it's pretty good. He's got a uh, sort of darkish, reddish, brownish hair. And that's pretty good. Yeah, and he's a, a stalwart, right? Just kind of a a uh, golden age level sort of superhero in terms of uh, having extraordinary physical powers. Though he recently added the ability to fly, in right, addition what? to having super strength. One might say that he's faster than a speeding bullet, or yes, potentially can, stronger than a locomotive. Can leap, potentially leap buildings a single bound. It's a heck of a lot better than a utility belt. I don't know about that one. But yeah, he's, uh, he did recently gain the ability to, to fly short distances. He's not, he's not modern Superman. He's golden age Superman who does more of a jump and maybe jump very far and, uh, you know, float through the air rather than now where he's you know, kind of constantly hovering and then flying really fast and then hovering. So yeah, it's it's got a, a very much a golden age feel to it. Yeah. And um, he's from a more of a working class background labor unions and such from Ireland. 
And uh, so the setup here is that you, uh, you three have been invited to a soiree in London of an Aeon Society member named Dr. Emmett Whitby, who's a uh, curator and archaeologist who works in the Egyptology wing of the British Museum. So uh, Emma and Jean-Pierre have already arrived. It's formal dress only. Um, and they've been sort of gossiping about some of their past uh, encounters and associates from past adventures. And then this mysterious woman, Alina Hunter, has arrived and is sort of taking in the crowd and sort of uh, making an entrance, basically. I imagine Shay looks extremely uncomfortable in his uh, in his formal wear. Uh, it fits right, but I think that makes him feel worse about it. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's definitely focused on the person who looks interesting at the moment, and is kind of if someone's making an entrance, they're trying to do it for a reason, whether or not it's a kind of explicit like uh, sorry a specific goal or if it's a kind of just bigger like hey look at me i'm the i'm the most important thing in this party type of uh, you know just wanting that attention uh, that's a little bit of the latter you think she's used to uh kind of drawing looks from people and uh particularly these kind of upper crossed circles at least she seems to be very comfortable with kind of gliding in, becoming sort of the center of attention. And uh, as she's doing that, you know, uh, an assortment of people kind of break off from the group that were listening to Emma and Jean-Pierre's stories and uh, go to talk to her. You can see Dr. Whitby giving a kind of cool and reserved uh, look, and um, he looks at the three of you and says, That is Alina Hunter the heir of uh, Dr. Terence Hunter. You may have heard of him. He was a good friend of mine, fellow Egyptologist. He uh, looks down into his drink and mutters somewhat darkly, passed away recently. Under suspicious circumstances, no doubt. He nods. They claim it was a heart attack, but I knew the man. We went through the Sahara with nothing but horses and camels after our retainers abandoned us, and he helped get me all the way to safety. No, I don't think his heart gave out, at least not by any mundane means. My condolences. To tell the truth... This is partially the reason that I wanted you to come here. If you could just observe Miss Hunter. She um, seems to possess certain qualities that uh, draw the eye. Even though, despite her many infamous conquests she has yet to appear in any official newspaper. 
Shay kind of squints a bit and like, so you're thinking she might have something to do with this. I believe that she may know more about what befell my friend Terence. But um, given that she is his sole heir, as his adoptive daughter, there uh, certainly would be um, reasons for her to uh, make sure that... Um, let's see, let me restate that. As the sole uh, heir of my friend Terence, I believe she should be considered a prime suspect in his death if there are any suspicious circumstances. Unfortunately, I've not been allowed to find out too much about that. I wonder if maybe you could look into it for me and Miss Hunter herself. But be careful. People that cross her tend to have accidents. Well, that's not coincidence. People that cross us tend to have incidents. He smiles, says, there we go. Yes, that's the spirit. I think encountering people who aren't going to be as easily flummoxed by her uh, manner and influence will uh, maybe put her on the back foot. But also should warn you, I don't know if you recognize the big bruiser behind her. She has a personal bodyguard um, from the East End. He's a former boxer, quit in disgrace after killing his opponent in the ring, Nat Pendleton. He used to uh, be something of a prospect for champion, but uh, after that incident, he fell in with people of ill repute and now seems to be Miss Hunter's personal bodyguard. Uh, Shay looks over at the uh, the other boxer and kind of uh, doesn't in, in like looks over and kind of mutters a bit and says, "Well, there are worse things to be than a a bodyguard. Once uh, once you're out of uh, if you were trying to become a boxer to be, uh, to make money." Uh, once you're, once you have to quit, it's usually, uh, game over for that. True enough, but, uh, no lack of people in the more, um, shadier corners of London who have use for someone who's capable of killing a man with a single blow of a fist. The threat of that is usually sufficient, but, um, wouldn't be surprised if he's taken steps beyond that. So he changes his demeanor as Hunter approaches. Pendleton is hanging out near the, the entrance and sampling some of the hors d'oeuvres. But uh, Alina Hunter is quickly honed in on the three of you and Whitby. And she says, Ah, hello. I see that there are, what, no less than four members of the Aeon Society gathered all here today. What an honor. Thank you for the invitation, Dr. Whitby. And uh, Whitby bows and takes her hand and uh, says, Of course, Alina. Um, these are my friends. 
Shay O'Keefe, Emma Benichek, and Jean-Pierre Alclerc, as you so astutely noted. We are all members of this society, though they are more often abroad. And she smiles and bows her head to each of you in turn, offering a hand to any who wish to take it. And she says, yes, yes. Um, I know that in your younger salad days, you and father were often off to the Middle East. So it makes sense that you would have similar adventurers as acquaintances. Though I can't say that I've heard of any of them. Uh, Shay kind of smirks and says, yeah, it's, uh, we try not to get in the papers. In my case, it's a much more specialized crowd. Jean-Pierre is going to just kind of, uh, kind of dopely winning smile and in very heavily accented English, uh, say, uh, pardon, uh, can you... I speak a, a little bit slower. I'm not. Uh, English is, is not my first language. She uh, gives you a bemused smile of her own, um, sort of Mona Lisa, mysterious kind of thing. And um, she says, Oh, do pardon me, Mr. O'Clerk, or Monsieur O'Clerk. I uh, should have known. Um, would you prefer to speak in your native tongue? And then she rattles off some very uh, fluent Parisian French, uh, welcoming you to the to London, and asking if there's anything she could do for you. Well, then, was not expecting that. Uh... <laughs> sorry. This this was all Claire trying to kind of uh. Uh, get her to underestimate him a little bit uh, and her taking the I wasn't intended to be bait wrong foots him a little bit <laughs> uh, he's going to just kind of slightly flusteredly uh, thank her and, and just uh, thank you but we, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll find our own way thank you very much uh, Monsieur Boku Oh, monsieur. Merci beaucoup. That's the player having a brain part, not the character. <laughs> yeah. It was no not problem. screw up his, his native tongue like that. Sure. You would not confuse Mr. and uh, thank you uh, quite like that, no. Yeah, no, that is. I... Player has had a busy day. Character is, is in much better shape. Very Mr. No, sorry. <laughs> Indeed. Extreme, extreme Mr. Uh, for all of your, uh, anyways, uh, it's, it's okay. Uh, it happens. Uh, there's a reason I haven't tried to do a, a full accent and that's because I'm, I'm worried I'm going to go full, uh, what's the accent I made? Tommy Lee Jones in, uh, blown away levels of just like. Over right. the top nonsense. So I've definitely yeah. Kept there's it that down. Uh, that line between um, kind of cute, funny accent and uh, racial slur, or whatever. Right. <laughs> or you know, yeah. vaguely offensive. Even you know. Yeah. 
So I, mean, I, anyway. I mostly just don't want to, to disappoint my French teacher. <laughs> it's almost like I studied it for a few years and I should remember it better than that. Look, you know more than we do. Or at least I do, anyways. That's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably know. I know a lot of French, but I also have the vocabulary of a fifth grader. So, another thing yeah. that uh, <laughs> I sound great. Just to be Can't. obnoxious in character, though, um, because Emma has the polyglot. T- wait, does she have polyglot? I don't know. I believe she does. Oh. Yeah, you should check. She's it's a one, it point, one point edge. It's pretty easy to get. She does. Um, love the thing that wants it for it. So, whatever. Um, so, she uh, leans over to the academics and um, ma- makes a snide comment about did she have to wear all her jewelry to, the, to a single party? <laughs> Couldn't she have left some at home in medieval French? Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So you can, sh- what you can do here is change the atmosphere of the party. Um, there's a, one of the functions of the system for social circumstances is intrigue, where you're trying to influence oh. or learn things from people. Did and I just accidentally a social combat? That's great. Kind of. Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, atmosphere would be. Something about the the party changes, like either becomes, you know, more lighthearted or darker, or I don't know, something something can change if you want to affect that. Yes, yes, I would. Um, not more, not darker or more lighthearted, but um, how do I put this? More egalitarian. Less elitist. Okay, sure. So like we're all having a good time. We're drinking, and people are making jokes at the expense of the arguably most ostentatious person in the room. In medieval French, it, it's you know it's a fun party for academics and people who enjoy academics. Okay, how would that? What's a good? Yes, relaxed maybe. Relaxed, yes, relaxed. Sorry. Okay. So when you create a new atmosphere, it can be either positive or negative. Um, but rather than just being one person's feeling towards you, it affects basically everybody in the in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if uh, an individual has a positive or negative attitude, they view it as a rival, an enemy, or a pest, they might have a, a slight intensity, which will give them uh, either enhancement or uh, a uh, hindrance, basically, depending on how you're using it. So, like, for instance, if somebody, like, you're trying to uh, trick somebody into getting upset, you know, and making a fool of themselves, then them having a negative attitude towards you actually helps that, for instance. Right. Um, Anyways. So, uh, let's see. The atmosphere... Yeah, let's make it make it a check of some kind. Okay. Um, then in that case, I think uh ooh. Um now here's a wild pitch for this. Um presence and humanities. Or no, presence and culture. I like it, yeah. 
I'm I mean, saying. humanities would be like the best fit, but culture is the one I actually have points in, so I'll use culture. I mean, I think I forget which one's supposed to be more like academic. I, I think humanities is supposed to be slightly more on the academic, like pure academic side, while yes. cultures is sort of more. Cultures is like on the street, everything that most people in society would know, kind of stuff. Then I'm going to use the four and botch this roll because I always botch these sort of rolls. So let's rock. That's not true. Sometimes ah. you. Sometimes, Sometimes I just fail. Succeed. Oh, hey. It's not too bad. Sometimes you succeed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the benefit, that's a two, eight, eight, and six. So that is two successes. Right. And then that's eight or higher. And uh, I'll say, since the difficulties probably was just one. You can use that uh, one point above the difficulty to shift this towards, um, what did I say, relaxed plus one? Relaxed plus one, yes. Okay. Just make note of that. Okay. So yeah, people are, are chuckling and so on. And she, um, her eyes flash a little bit for a moment to indicate she's not super happy about this but um she quickly regains her composure and she says my my how very versatile miss benichek um i did not know that there were other experts in medieval languages among the aeon society i'll go drinking with enough academics you're bound to pick something up Yes, that's true. One's company does influence one's own advancement and learning. I had the of benefit, of course, of Dr. Whitby's knowledge and that of my adopted father, Terence. God rest his soul. And see, uh, Emmett frowns at her, but doesn't take the bait and says, well, yes, uh, Alina has had the advantage of a great many things from... Uh, our relationship um, and Terence's gifts in the realm of uh, exploring ancient Egypt. And uh, she smiles thinly at him and says, um, see, which one of these drinks looks the most approachable? Uh, I'll take this one. So she snatches something off, a, off of a tray and says, so what's this I hear about Mercer? Spending some time in North Africa. What's he up to down there? Another dig, perhaps? Exploration? Oh, I'd say it's exploration for now. We're not as privy to individual members' operations as we might be, and the, going, the comings and goings are all very, well, sort of an open secret. We know they're going places. We don't always know why. Well, that's true, but uh, Mr. Mercer is hardly a, uh, what I would call, camera-shy individual. He seems to enjoy the adulation and attention that his exploits give the public. I'm a little surprised he hasn't been a, more, a little more forthcoming with this particular one. I wonder if it's one of these expeditions to find rare and unusual artifacts that I've heard about. Oh, it could very possibly be. 
I don't know. I'm always a little suspicious. Always a little suspicious of it, to be honest. I've always felt that there's a fine line between acting in the interest of education and enlightenment and acting towards one's own empowerment. And um, she kind of shoots a look at the three of you. Acting towards one's own empowerment. That's interesting, certainly. I don't know. I think greater good is a bit more everyone's speed, honestly. Well, of course. As members of the academic establishment, uh, folks like my late part uh, father and uh, Dr. Whitby here are doing what they can to help the young people understand the history and their place in it. Whereas some other people, I think, are forging ahead with their own ideas of what the future can be. Of course. I'd say forging ahead and shaping one's own future can be a bit dangerous. She smiles and says, yes, but danger is, so to speak, the business of the Aeon Society, as I understand it. Well, there's danger, and then there's danger. Hmm. So she's the... trying to get some information from you. So uh, I think I'm going to make a roll. All right. Um, any one of you can choose to oppose it, or you can do a team uh, thing where one of you supplies the ability score and the other one applies the skill rating. Um, so just think of what what you might use to uh, defend against her fishing. And I'm going to look at her ability scores here. Hmm. Oh. Some dead air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Mechanical terms. My, my, I opened the wrong character sheet. So I was like, wait a second. (laughs) This is a really old one that doesn't have like half the skill. Like, oh yeah, half. Like it has only the starting stuff. Uh, so, uh, edge called striking that I'm looking for. Does anybody have that? I Mm. do not believe I do. All right, I do not. I'm gonna have to scroll through here. I think because can't find it in the there it is okay um so she gets enhancement to any social action that benefits from her impressive mean um and then let's see so that's two enhancement but then the relaxed atmosphere will take away one of that i believe that's how that works okay all right, so I'm going to roll for her, and then you guys can, can work out which pool you want to use after she, uh, we see what she actually gets. Yeah, okay. So she's using big guns here. Uh, this is her primary dice pool. <laughs> so she's rolling 13 dice. Um, she rolled a couple Oof. of 10s. 
So the, the end result is six Yeesh. successes plus two, so or plus one, sorry. So uh, seven successes. And uh, depending on what you guys use for defense, how many successes you get, you may be able to, to apply either a shift in the atmosphere or give you complication or something. So the most useful uh, skill that uh, Shay has in this situation is probably integrity. Just being kind of unflappable in this situation. But he also has persuasion and empathy if we're looking for uh, one point less. So I have three in integrity and I have two in both persuasion and empathy. So if uh, if those are directions we want to go, his his attributes are uh, doo doo. Uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> please don't make us use his social attributes if we're, if it's a team check. If we want to oh. use, um... I have actually not great social attributes myself. Sweet mother of Gandhi, what did I spend all this stuff on? <laughs> If we want to use that integrity, it could work well with uh, Jean-Pierre's composure. I think that's best. I think Jean-Pierre's the one who steps in before the other two don't say anything. Before the other two say something they might regret. Right, and again, especially he's... because he's being the charming one out of this situation. I don't know, Jean-Pierre is kind of like playing the uh, harmless, pleasant, slightly bumbling. Uh, Role, which is oh, Monsieur Hulot. I didn't notice you there. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. I, I was actually thinking about it. So, uh, Emma is taking more of a uh, like face fixer, uh, effectively like yeah. a social tank, uh, mm-hmm. which leaves Jean Pierre free to act as kind of a social rogue and help set them up so you can knock them down. Excellent. Yeah, and Shay is, uh, well, he's Shay. In in a social situation, he's kind of, I mean, he he can, in a polite social situation, he is not at his best, but he's he's trying. He he will do what he can. All right. Uh, See, is that how we want to do it? Uh, Shay's integrity and Jean-Pierre's composure? Okay. I think that makes sense. Who has the uh, who has the highest resolve? Highest resolve. Uh, I'm only at a two. I have a three there. Oh Jesus, that's me! I got the highest resolve, which is four. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah, all right. If resolve would fit better, we could use that. No, no, no. I, this but, is uh... this is for me setting the difficulty, but um, all right, yeah, you guys roll for your your opposition to this influence. All right, um, all right, that's uh seven. Whichever way it is, it's seven dice yeah, plus decide, any or all. Decide who rolls. Oh, I forgot. You guys have three momentum to start with. Um, if you choose to ignore the influence, uh, you can ignore the influence because you're player characters. But she might apply uh, complications, and then if you choose to accept the influence, you can gain momentum as consolation. Basically, interesting. Um, I'd say whoever rolls, uh, if you could use two momentum so that we start like chipping away at it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, well, let's see what we roll first because we can we can at least right want to make sure that we're at least close before we start sending spending momentum. Uh, yeah, yeah roll. fair point. I mean, because we Is can be close. Yeah, I'm tapping noise. Oh, oh God! Yes, I apologize. Um, my radiator just kicked in. Oh, and God. it's right next to the desk. Okay. Because yeah. there's can. an ice storm coming in. Yeah, that's... So, yes, I apologize um, to those of you listening at home. Let's edit out the part about the radiator. Uh, Mr. Pipes is visiting. Yes. Um, several the, months uh... late or earlier, or I don't care, but... Uh, and I know most of you didn't get that, but the three Ghostwatch fans in the audience just punched the air. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's not it's not too bad as long as we're as long as we know it's not something that can be uh, okay. You know, yeah. turned off. I'll I'll mute myself when I'm not talking. But uh, yeah, and right, make anyways. stupid jokes about British people. No, no, no. I I, I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, go ahead and in somebody roll for the opposition. Uh... Uh, Jean Pierre can, I suppose. Rolling seven dice. Uh, is that a yes? That is a yes. Please do. Okay. Well, it's two successes is better than none. Okay. And uh, at this point, you can decide if you wanted to use momentum or activate the facet or anything like that. I mean, uh, let's see. We may want to do that stuff just to sort of dent the dent the blow, so to speak. Yeah, the only thing is, I can't really think how intuitive as a facet would apply here. Um. Oh, also, we sh we're starting out at f at maximum inspiration, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I forgot to mark that back up to full after the last adventure. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, so none of Jean Pierre's gifts or anything like that really apply here. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we can spend momentum. Um, please refresh my memory. How does uh activating a facet that adds dice? No, it adds enhancement. That adds enhancement. Okay. So you spending momentum adds dice. Yes. Okay. I knew I was mixing one of them up. Uh, so, you know, I... Intuitive facet is Jean-Pierre's best. I'm trying to think how it might actually, like, apply, and I'm not really seeing it as far as a social defense here. Okay. You don't necessarily have to use so, it. Yes, you know, I'll, I can spend an inspiration and uh, use his reflective facet to give us one enhancement at least. Uh, and then do we want to try spending momentum to try to make up the rest of the difference? Because she's I mean, got a four, four success advantage on us. Well, that would be down to three with the, uh, with the inspiration. So yeah, I mean... Right. Spending a few momentum and trying to get one more success, 
I think if we can drop it down to the t the one to two range of successes, so, I think we can we can deal we, with that. So, how much momentum do we want to burn? Given that we're starting off with three, uh, probably like two. Like it, it, it's always weird to try to spend uh, just one unless you you only have one. So I'd always say spend at least yeah. two unless. Unless there's some very strong reason not to. Okay, so let's let's spend two momentum then. Uh, we'll get them back if we screw up at some point. Um, yeah, but I don't trust the dice. Don't seem to like me very much. Uh, so if any, someone else would like to roll for those momentum, uh, that might be a good idea. All right, I'll roll them. I'll, I will roll two. Hey, there's one more. One success. All right. Okay. So I will delete two of these. Okay. So what was your total successes? Uh, two, three, four, effectively. Okay. Or sorry, right. three successes, one enhancement. It just counted as a success. So yeah, uh, yeah, it says four successes. All right. So she got two past you. So she is going to apply that as complication. So um, this will be generally for your characters. Um, basically, uh, what I want to call it. She's kind of trying to cast more. She's trying to get you off balance. Make herself clear that she's in her home turf here and you're not. So call it out of towners. It's a complication. and. Uh, Basically, if you fail to succeed at it, you'll start offending people in the party by what you're saying. Okay. You guys have a little exchange there, and she seems to, to kind of have the upper hand in impressing the locals and making you seem like you're withholding information or acting a little bit strange. So what do you say or how do you how do you continue the conversation? And uh just try to catch up on the specifics of the the conversation that we're having up to that point. You were talking about Maxwell Mercer and she was talking about how people sometimes use these expeditions to find things for their personal gain as opposed to uh, enlightenment. And she seemed to be implying that she knows something about your own adventures. I didn't realize that we were perhaps a little more famous than we thought. Certain circles. Of course. It's just like academia. Most people wouldn't know Professor What's-His-Name from Dr. Who's It, but once you get into the faculty room, suddenly everyone has a story to tell. Of course. These certain circles... They, uh... How do I put this? 
Are they interested in... Oh, I don't know. Perhaps German culture? <laughs> All right. She smiles and laughs a bit. She says, oh, are you speaking of the, uh, the Fuhrer and his little uh, goose-stepping idiots? No, no. I have no connections with those people, and I would hope to think that no one in this room does, though I'm sure... There's a few that subscribe to absurd notions of eugenics and whatnot. The limited imagination of the imperialist. Of course. Uh, Shay definitely, like, as as she says that, uh, Shay is looking past the, like, past her at some some guy who clearly looks like he's he fits <laughs> the stereotype of some, you know. <laughs> Some crank from the yeah. cultured anthropology department. Yeah, he's just like, like yeah. You see a kind of uh, an older gentleman with a kind of bushy beard and bald head who kind of shrinks a little bit at that. Um, if you know know that about us, then we've uh, then you know that we've run into. All sorts of, of people. Well, I don't know the specifics. I was kind of hoping to hear some of those stories. With these uh, little gatherings are familiar, famous for the uh, telling of such tales. I, I seem to recall hearing some incident in Morocco, uh, possibly involving someone from the Aeon Society, but I couldn't confirm it. I'm often down there. Um, Daddy made arrangements for uh, regular travel down there, so we have quite a few friends, especially around Egypt. Oh, very interesting. Mm. Though, of course, I can't imagine it was the story was not about you three because it was all rather messy and a bit embarrassing really i don't think you would want to uh, associate with people like that would you emmett she kind of touches his arm lightly and smiles a cruel smile and he, he says mm, no of course not <clears throat> can't imagine someone so provincial and salt of the earth as you emmett would ever want to associate with many of those sort of people well mm, provincial Yes, well, <laughs> there's some amused chuckles from the crowd. And, um, yeah, do you guys want to make any other uh, stabs at anything? If not, she will probably go on the attack again. Huh. Let me see. Let me see. I mean, we're, we're, our... I mean, again, I don't want to speak too much on goals, but no, our goal it's, here it's is to... Worthwhile, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, we're trying to figure out what she does now and what part she may have in a sort of bigger... Not well, conspiracy, no, no, no. necessarily. Yeah, no, but no, no. I mean, Let's not primarily have any about what she's involved in. All you've been asked to look into is her possible involvement in the what? death of Dr. Terrence Hunter, her adoptive father. That's right. basically what Whitby asked for. And you can dig into other stuff, certainly. And she seems to be hinting at having larger knowledge of your activities, but 
Um, right. I, I think that's what, what drove me to say, like, hey, no, we should probably figure out what her entire deal is, not just what we were asked to do, because she seems to know a lot about us, and we know she has a dead father. Yeah, so you know what? Jean-Pierre <laughs> is going True. to uh, try a little bit of, uh, I guess, I, I'm sorry I don't have the brain power to just say it out uh, in so many words, uh, but if he can get her kind of thinking about talking about herself by kind of pulling the uh, wide-eyed, uh, very obviously impressed with uh, her air of gravitas and all, like, it's Jean-Pierre is there as as Emma's arm candy, but well, Emma's not the one who's who's keeping the scintillating conversation going. Uh, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, I get it. So you're trying to make her think that she's cowed you and has made you intrigued or whatever to draw her out. Yes. Okay. Pray pray on her. Uh, um... Vanity. Vanity, thank you. Yeah. Okay. I think I've had enough mead for the evening. That's okay. Just water from here on <laughs> out. Words are hard. Um, yeah, we Words don't. We're be- not. Um, we don't have the benefit of a Ben Hecht script to to read from, so we can't. <laughs> right. We're not going to be able to come up with snappy patter off the cuff. So yeah, uh, we're warming up though. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So to encourage behavior. Uh, the difficulty is equal to her resolve. Now, since she is an NPC, she doesn't really have that stat, but I'd say, um, let me think. <laughs> That's probably like a difficulty four. She's, she's pretty strong-willed. Um, yeah. So basically, if you're able to do that, though, you'll, she will be able to, to draw some information out of her. Or okay. conversely, you could like give her a complication or give yourself enhancement on your next check or one of the next uh, checks made by the PCs. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, it's just kind of trying to, to wrong foot her into giving up her the upper hand that she had earned. So more of a more of imposing a complication. Okay. Uh, you could also try to get rid of the uh, out of towners complication if you want uh, no, I think I'll try to impose a complication on her. Um, feels more offensive, less defensive. Sure. Okay. Uh, so difficulty four. Okay. Does uh, Snappy Patter come into play? What given that, uh, what does it, it say? You've learned the fine art of saying a great deal in a short amount of time, lulling your tar- target to make them easier to manipulate. Reduce the difficulty of all influence rolls by one after talking for 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, more or less uninterrupted for, another, for five minutes. Difficulty two, he's by an additional one. Okay. So yeah, it becomes difficulty two. Okay. But you still uh, uh, note the complication does apply here. The uh, the atmosphere, I'd say relaxed would actually work in your favor. So that's one enhancement there. Um, okay. Do you have anything else that would affect it? I'm looking, I'm looking. Um... Does liar apply here? Because yeah. it's attempting to deceive, so yes, yeah. that's two enhancement. Uh, okay, so yeah, so then I'm going to make. I think this makes sense for larceny and manipulation. 
does that sound good? Okay, yeah. Okay, so six dice. Okay, so four successes and a grand total of three enhancement, I think it was, two from Skilled Liar, and then there was one enhancement from something else, but also two Complication. Okay, well, remember, Complication doesn't subtract successes. It just means it's oh. it's something you have to get in addition, and it don't it doesn't erase enhancement either. So the the atmosphere oh, okay. atmosphere adds one enhancement, and then you had skill liar, which gives you two. So that's three. So you got seven successes. The difficulty was two. So you got above that by five. You can use two of that to get rid of the or to ignore the out of towners complications. It leaves you with three. Um, yeah. So how did Winnie use those? Yeah. Um. So I can either use that to buy off the complication, right? Or I can use it to impose complication on her? Mm-hmm. Or and give yourself enhancement. Uh, can I use it to give Emma enhancement? Yeah. So yeah, I, I will give Emma an enhancement uh, with, of one and then buy off the complication for Emma. Oh, well, if, like... you buy, if you buy off the complication, that's for everybody. Oh, that's for everybody. Okay, so I'll buy off the complication and then also give Emma an enhancement. Because uh, I didn't realize I could give other people enhancement. Yeah, yeah. So uh, is there any particular name that you'd like to give the enhancement? Uh, dropped her guard. Okay. That's she's or, uh, you don't Might be to... overconfident. Don't... I don't know. Don't uh. overthink it. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, she she seems to think that she's won something over Jean Pierre, and she seems to be uh, talking a little more freely and openly. And as a result, that might give uh, Emma an opening. Yeah. He's he's all but uh, batting his eyelashes at her, just going sure. full full seeming boy toy. Oh, ow! Oh shoot! Uh, okay. Okay. I thought I disconnected the audio for. I I did something to my headset. I thought I disconnected it for a second. No, no, it's the music's cycling. I think. Okay. I'm gonna do a lot of edits on this episode. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No worries. Um, again, I. Yep. Go ahead. No, no. Again, it's like I I accidentally hit something on my headset. I thought I had pulled a wire out. Oh, yeah, so, no problem. That was not the music. That was no problem. So uh, she will start sort of pressing Jean-Pierre, touching his arm uh, and trying to intimate that she could uh, teach him things or something. Uh, and uh, she's going to try. She'll try to, to, to draw information out of Jean-Pierre then. So All right. uh, this will be influence check on her behalf. And she has that massive dipole to throw. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right. So the relaxed atmosphere actually is going to work in her favor here because she's like, well, we're all friends here. Let's, you know, you tell me what you're up to here in London and I'll tell you, tell you what I know about what I'm up to and so on. 
So that is a total of six successes. This is opposed by your resolve, Jean-Pierre. Okay. And then you can choose, uh, because you're a player character, if you choose, you can totally ignore uh, the attempt to make you tell or do something, but if you do not ignore it, then you get a point of momentum back. Okay. Uh, just his resolve, or resolve and something else? No, just your resolve is the difficulty. You don't roll anything. Just resolve. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, like a so number. Resolve of two, so she's got uh, two successes over him, was it? Uh, um, three successes over Six, him. Six total, so that's four. Six total. Yeah, because yeah. you got one for relaxed atmosphere. Oh, right, the enhancement. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also her striking would give her another two. So actually, okay. she's got a total uh, of eight. So that's six ooh, over currently. That is a dangerous uh, advantage there. Um, we have burned out two of our momentum at, right at the start, though. Uh. Yeah, um, he'll take it. He'll he'll take the. Uh, he's he let his own guard down while trying to get her to let her guard down. Sure. All right. So, um, you feel compelled to reveal that your group is actually interested in uh, unique artifacts related to telluric energy. Um. And maybe also that uh, Whitby was curious about what she's up to. You know, not like you're not telling her, oh, by the way, this guy thinks that you murdered her, her friend, <laughs> but um, his friend, rather. Um, so you guys got a momentum, but um, definitely notice the influence that she seems to almost immediately have on Jean-Pierre. And he's surprised a little bit himself, probably. So I mean, she smiles, cat-like, seemingly on the satisfied. One hand, on the one hand, she's possibly evil. On the other hand, he is French. <laughs> yeah, and it's Claudette Colbert, so... Um, yeah. Uh, now, Emma, do you want to do anything? She's probably planning to move on at this point. She's kind of got what she needed to, to find out. But you guys can, can get in another um, bit of uh, attempt if you want. No, I think... Um satisfied with what we got uh sure i i wish um i'd looked up um i'd looked up hebrew honorifics for the dead but i wish i'd looked them up like you know 20 minutes earlier because i actually had a bum mode to get in there but uh but no um i'm fine with her just leaving we kind of like so I think what happens is she starts talking to Jean-Pierre intently and he's sort of playing into it in order to uh, draw her out. And then she and he step away for a moment or sitting at a little settee or something near a window. And the, uh, Shay and Emma uh, are kind of hanging around, chit-chatting with the others. And then uh, Jean-Pierre comes back and looks a little confused <laughs> about what has just happened. And yeah, she's, yeah. she's on her way out and uh, you see... Uh, Nat Pendleton kind of giving a, a brief glower to Shay when she tells him something, and then she smiles cat-like and slinks out of the room with Nat. And uh, Whippy uh, says, oh, well, um, thank you, everyone, for coming by. I, um, I feel a headache coming on. If you don't mind, uh, not to rush you out the door, but uh, we do have... Uh, 
busy day tomorrow at the museum. Um, he looks over at the three of you, and as uh, the others are departing and saying their goodbyes, he stops off to say, um, well, anything? Clearly an insidious woman, but we don't know whether or not she killed him yet. We do have a uh, bit of a way about her, you must, uh, must admit. Mm, yes, that's the danger of her, though I don't think it stopped just there. I don't expect you have solved, <sighs> to have resolved the mystery, uh, but um, I would like to speak with you tomorrow at the museum. There's something that occurred to me. But we should Very well. go into it here. Of course not. Oh, well, then I bid you a good night and thank you once again for coming by. Of course. Uh, actually, yeah, Shay's uh, Shay's spooky uh, spooky stuff senses. Uh, he's just going to ask it so he doesn't regret it later. Uh, he'll say uh, that headache. Just uh, do you get headaches often? Oh, no. I was just making an excuse to try to get people out of here. I th really only threw the soiree in order to draw Miss Hunter out while you were present. Shade uh, smirks and nods and just says, just making sure. I've seen some some weird stuff over uh, over the last uh, last few months. Oh, you, you think... Oh, no, no, no. She did not... Um infect me with any sort of migraine, I don't think. Or migraine oh. being the English goofy pronunciation. <laughs> she, she would say, uh, well, I don't think she'd uh, completely do that. Uh, 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 well, not more than uh, she does, just with her, her personality, at least. Now, do you, any of you have an ability that lets you know if somebody has uh, talents? There are different powers that do things like that. I have um, a power that uh, lets me know if I do there's know. objects that have right. uh, juju. Okay. But, yeah. Not people, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, I, I'm going to just... As, as soon as uh, it's just the three of us for a moment... Mm -hmm. uh, Jean-Pierre is going to just kind of go, my friends, I have uh, I have an horrible confession to make. I think I have a weakness for dangerous women. Um, <laughs> Shay looks at him like he's just like saying one plus one is two right in front of him and uh, says I know at least. A French gentleman with a predilection for dangerous women. I never I feel like perhaps I should be offended at that. Yeah. Not worth arguing about now. No, it's nothing. It's just, well, your lot did fight on our side. I think perhaps this is more that your lot fought on our side. <laughs> uh, oh, hang on, Emma's American, right? 
Oh no. no Emma's. Oh no no. Emma's Emma is Emma's British. British. By oh, way you're right. Of, uh, Polish, yeah. Yeah, Dang she's it. Okay, you know what? He would still say that anyway because the French and the British. Yeah, yeah. no, he he would still there's that rivalry there, but um Yeah. Yeah, she's like I've been in enough officers clubs to know. But all right, very well. What's the point of telling us this? Oh, it, I worry it may be uh, a liability. Are you worrying that it was already a liability? I mean, she is a, a bit irresistible, you must admit. Uh, she sort of lets out something that resembles a grunt and says, uh, she's not exactly my type. Anyway, anyway. Uh... <sighs> He's just like, Jean-Pierre's just kind of like vis- visibly gathering himself. Uh... Think things to think about another time when we are not on the job, yes. He slowly nods at him and just says, uh, uh, actually, no, he won't say anything. He'll just slowly nod and say, and then kind of let out a sure, and then says, let's get back to finding out where uh, uh, man, why did I forget forget her name. We should find out uh, yes. where she's going yeah, and what she's doing. Yes. And Okay. Yeah. You guys want to try to tailor? Um, tell me if I'm like it on too thick, but I'm like, and Jean-Pierre's like, and perhaps what her favorite type of wine is. <laughs> Bordeaux. And it just sort of like gives a slight roll of her eyes. Um, I've got an alternate way, perhaps, of uh, coming across information for this. Um, I am all for someone shadowing her. But as I'm not playing the stealthiest sort of person, um, I was thinking, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Aha! Um, friend in every port. Um, I was thinking perhaps that she might know either a promoter or possibly like somebody who owns a boxing club that might be able to, uh, tell her where, um, Pendleton's been going back and forth, you know, Pendleton's comings and goings recently. Yeah, sure. So, uh, how does that gift work? I don't think you need to roll anything, it just happens. You have the option to declare that she knows someone living there who is willing to do small things for her, put her up for the night, point her in the right direction of who, what she's looking for, etc. To establish this character mechanically via a bond, the character needs to spend time with them rather than just utilizing their services. Yeah. So, uh, he lives in the former, um, Terrence Hunter house, 
in uh it's a mansion located somewhere in an upper class part of town mm -hmm. um he operates as her manservant and chauffeur and bodyguard and then she has an, an assortment of other servants but um yeah he seems to be living in the lap of luxury and seems to be doing pretty well for himself you know he, he'll show up occasionally in his old hangouts uh bragging about the money he's making and gambling in a way and so on Well, that sounds interesting. What sort of gambling does he do? Uh, horse racing. Hmm. Well, I might know, th know a thing or two about that. Take it he's not going to be around Ascot, but... I believe I might be able to find out a few things. Yeah, he can tell you, you know, there's some popular venue or uh, racetrack that he'll probably show up this weekend. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's going to definitely chase that down um, and bring this up to the rest of the gadget extraction team, the get as it were, um, that Pendleton's going to be at the horse races this weekend. And it might be a good time to, uh, well, just shake the tree a little, figure out what he knows, because I'm pretty sure he's got looser lips than she do. And he's significantly less likely to seduce Jean-Pierre. Yes. There is a very low chance of somebody being seduced, and at this point, it would be all right if I used the bathroom. Yeah, we can take a short break. Excellent. This is how I feel about you. My love must be a kind of blind love. I can't see anyone but you. And dear, I wonder if you find love. Okay. So, uh, you are, uh, you turn in for the night, um, planning to follow up on the investigation the next day. Is there anything you guys wanted to do before you go to bed? If we know what Emma's been up to, is there anything Shay or Jean Pierre want to do? Uh, Jean Pierre, I think, has been kind of uh, trying to get him his equilibrium back after mm -hmm. being a little bit rattled by that other experience. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, Shay would would try to do some uh, some legwork in figuring out where. Uh... Why is it making me log back into roll twenty? Uh, sorry, I was on the table, and then all of a sudden, asking me to log back in. Uh, yeah, look into uh, what Ms. Hunter uh was doing either through like probably uh 
actually, since I can jump buildings now, that would probably be a useful way to follow somebody in a way that wasn't necessarily expected. So yeah, just kind of like getting to trying to get some basics of where, you know, where she's where she might have been, where she could have gone. You mean tonight? Yeah, at night, oh, just sort of. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we see you, uh, I don't know, what's something that you leap onto that's a distinctive London thing? Big Ben? I don't know. <laughs> that seems a little too high. Uh, to be useful, that is. Unless we're just looking for a single... Uh, probably that was it's pretty foggy, the... so you probably want to pretty stick pretty close. Yeah. So let's think of uh, another. Sm uh, what's that? Uh, Piccadilly Square. That'll work. Like uh, the yeah. the main square. I mean, you could always do Nelson's column, but <laughs> yeah, but th that's fine. Yeah, there's there's like streets, like shop signs and street signs and things around there that are good to, to perch on to look down. And uh, you see down there amidst the fog and the neon lights, uh, her uh, coupe, uh, probably a Benz of some kind, cruising along through the streets with a uh, gnat at the wheel. And uh, they turn into uh, a shaded driveway with uh, some sort of classical style um, ornamentation by the gate, which opens for them. And uh, they rumble up into the uh, semicircular driveway, which has a fountain. And um, you can see a greenhouse out back. And uh, they exit and go inside. And uh, you can tell that she is staying inside the house the rest of that night, uh, as is Pendleton. And um, Pendleton goes to his own... Uh, it's like probably a servant's outbuilding that he goes to, and she stays in the main house. And uh, if you want, you can try to roll, um, let's see, something for sensing stuff. So that would be integrity plus cunning. So basically, you could set aside one of those dice that you have for it as a success because you're getting, you're going to get a clue from that. But if you get more successes, then you can get some more information. All right. Yeah, in that case, uh, that's you said cunning and integrity, right? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, that is four successes on five dice. So you get the core clue, which I'll tell you is that you smell kind of unique scent in the air. Um, that uh, which is the the core clue success. Um, you don't identify right now, but you could recognize it if you encountered it again. It's very strong, kind of, you know, exotic smelling coming from somewhere inside the house. But you still have four successes, which you could spend. Um, and some examples of things that you can do with those successes for clues. You could uh, ask for raw information, which is just, you know, you ask, like, I could just give you some facts about what's going on. You can do uh, like a QA where you ask me a question and I provide you an answer. Or you can even do player invention, which is where you're like, okay, this is something that I discover. Like, you know, I find a matchbook from the club she likes to go to or, or whatever. And I have to approve them, obviously. 
but um, right. it's a one for one. So you can get four of those in any combination. So you do learn a fair amount. Yeah. Given that my main goal is like trying to figure out like where she could go. So I, I think something along the lines of finding uh, a hint as to where like, uh, I guess. So the plant is pretty specific. I mean, the, the, smell. the, the smell, the smell, right? That it could I be associate. It's hard to say yeah, I, that I associate with a plant for some reason. But no, I meant the smell that was. Because you also mentioned a greenhouse, correct? Yes, she does have a greenhouse. So the, I think I connected those two, despite uh, mm-hmm. it not being intentional uh, necessarily on your part. Uh, so yeah. So first thing is figure out what like obviously not what she's doing but where she is like an important place that she uh uh that she's thinking of going to oh a place she's going to okay yeah um looks like she's making plans to leave for egypt soon so you uh you see something uh perhaps like I don't know. How do you find that out? I guess like you hear somebody over, you overhear a conversation between yeah, some servants outside. They're chatting about, well, uh, with the miss heading to Egypt tomorrow, I suppose we'll have some time off. Yeah. So that's uh, one thing. The next thing, hmm, I guess uh, figuring out the the security of the house like generally like if there's extra security or if it's just well locked up etc cetera, etc cetera. uh it's you know it has some pretty standard issue locks and on um, the doors and windows there's nothing especially high tech or dangerous about it um though obviously pendleton and the other servants would be within a moment's call if something if she was to cry out and uh you are relatively close to you know, and you're in a high society part of town. So if something went wrong and somebody called the police, they'd be here in a, a flash. All right. So mainly we don't want to, you know, we should probably continue looking in the direction we're kind of looking anyways. Uh, but uh, hmm. I rolled too well. Next time I need to just roll badly. Uh, no. So you got two more. So you can ask a question or you can make a suggestion of an invention of something. Yeah, that's kind of what would be a good uh good piece of information here. I'm I'm completely blanking on this. Anybody Let's go make with a suggestion for him. Yeah, I was hmm. What would be information that would be good for for our current I mean, I guess uh What's his name's favorite, uh, Nat's favorite uh, horse track or horse betting location? That would You've already be something. Found that out. Oh, okay. You already know. He's going to be going there in this weekend. Is this right. specifically about the house and about Alina that we're looking at? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, guy died of a mysterious heart attack. I think she has a garden with some foxglove in it. Is that an invention, or are you asking if there are poisons there? Um, I would... I'm not sure. I'm asking 
if that would be a good invention. Yeah, sure. So we can put that in. So her greenhouse yeah. includes foxglove. Cool. Which could theoretically be used to create uh, symptoms similar to a heart attack. Yep. And they got one more to go. Well, I don't quite have ideas, so I apologize for that. Yeah, no. Uh, let, My let's go with a little dry. Well, let's go with. Uh, it may not be useful, but I think uh, digging into why she's going, like, what her reason for going to Egypt is, like, is it? Oh, okay. So, um, or at least the reason she's giving, like, whether or not that's sure. Um. She is going to Egypt to. Let me think about this. She's doing research on the artifact. Seems to be a, a kind of an obsession for her, but uh, you don't know which artifact. But that's what it seems to relate to. So, with this information, you report back to the others that night, perhaps, and uh, or you know leave a message with them at whatever place they're staying at. And then you turn in for the night as well. And uh, the next morning, you guys are awakened by knocks on your doors by uh, London policemen. Bobbies in their uniforms. Little, um, you know, I don't know how to describe their hats. Their hats, the round hats. <laughs> the helmets. Um, rapping on the door and telling you that you've been asked to uh, report to Inspector Fox of the Yard, who is at the British Museum. Allow me to guess, there's been a murder. Yes. Uh, Dr. Emmett Whitby has been found dead in the, uh, the Geotology Wing of the British Museum. And oh. you are wanted for uh, some questions. Whitty, oh no. Yeah, that does yeah, not be tall. She'll come quietly. Okay, so you guys get to rest and head down. Fog is cleared from last night, and uh, it's still kind of damp and gray when you arrive at the outside of the British Museum. It's a you know, classical-looking building, quite uh, pretty big, uh, impressive scale. And uh, the large, uh, I believe like a fenced-in garden out front, and a number of vehicles parked outside, um, but section of it is closed off to the public as obviously there's a murder investigation going on inside. So you're escorted in by one of the uh, informed police officers. Um, you guys have a moment to talk amongst yourselves before the inspector will uh, show up. Is there anything you wanted to talk about before going to talk to him? Well, I'm guessing it was a heart attack, and I'm also guessing that we were all out last night. So. Anything anybody wants to say? Anyone around the museum area? <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, Shay, Shay will mention the fact that she was... She was at home that night, so... Neither her or Pendleton left. So unless they have, again, some way of uh, getting from point A to point B, perhaps this is uh, someone else is doing, or there's a 
uh, either at the behest of misunder or not related to misunder or yeah there, there's a chance for a third third player here Someone who's been playing all of us against each other, perhaps? Make as much sense as anything else. Okay. So at this point, uh, your show needs to meet with Inspector Fox. So a short guy, kind of skinny, big Adam's apple, and uh, an unfortunate mustache. <laughs> kind of a drab overcoat. And he's still wearing his hat indoors. You can see that he is bent over a body under a sheet, lying near a case in the Egypt ontology uh, section. And you can see this place is uh, pretty clearly themed around Egyptian artifacts. There are like sarcophagi around, and uh, you know, uh, display cases showing a variety of items in glass. And uh, you do see that the body, unfortunately, is in front of Dr. Whitby, who is uh, lying face down with his hands kind of splayed out, his legs kind of contorted slightly. And um, Inspector Fox says, All right, you're the Eon Society folks, aren't you? Sorry to bother you, but uh, your names were mentioned a few times in relation to uh, the late Dr. Whitby were a special guest of his last night and we did find some notes of his indicating that he wished to speak to you um, but uh, just wondering if you had any insight into uh, Dr. Whitby's movements before his death I believe the time of death to be around midnight possibly a minute or two past a minute or two past midnight Yes. Bloody hell of all the nights to go to the Hellfire Club. I can safely say that I was not, in fact, anywhere close to the museum or Dr. Whitby at that point. Did he mention planning to stop by the museum at the party last night? He did not. He was supposed to meet with us, actually, today. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yes, that seems to line up with the notes we found. What is notes. talking about? Yes, uh, he had a notepad on him. He uh, takes uh, a evidence. Does he have evidence bags? Sure. So he takes a, a evidence thing and shows you the notepad. He doesn't let you look at it, but he does note that he has it. You can see it's one of these, right. like you know, um, what's the brand? The nice little notebooks. That... Field notes. Yeah. Right. It has you know a rubber band or... wrapped around it with a pencil. Oh wait, no, that's sorry, that's that's too new. Moleskin. Moleskin, that's Moleskin. Yeah. So uh, it says yes. Uh, looks like he is talking, looking forward to uh, speaking with you about uh, his friend Dr. Terence Hunter and his uh, adopted daughter, Miss Alina Hunter. Does that sound accurate to you? It does. Uh... It does, unfortunately. So as you're talking, uh, Shay, you notice a familiar smell on the air. 
think you could, it's got a definite honey quality to it, but there's also like something that reminds you a little bit of alcohol, maybe wine. Yeah, Shay's face kind of, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't scrunch up, but it, his eyebrows go up as he smells it. He says, uh, do any of you smell that? And see Fox sniffing in the air. Hmm. Yes, it's a funny little smell. Somebody having a having a tip or something? I don't know. He looks around. He doesn't seem to think too much. Oh, yeah. No. I don't know all of you. I have not drunk anything since last night. <laughs> so you can try if you want. Um, those of you who haven't scented, actually all three of you can try to smell it. See if you can pick out specifics notes um you'll get the core clue of those basic notes that uh, that i've already said but uh you can roll integrity plus cunning or if you want you can use um is there a science ability there yeah is there's a science ability yeah that one well, i don't have it but there's a science <laughs> ability i think a humanities uh, also might work integrity plus cunning for me i got a whole success okay so uh, you can ask me a question, or you can learn some other specific detail about this smell. Uh, shoot. Um, well, let me give you the core clue. Coming... That everybody by default will know that it's a rich, deep, sweet note of wine, honey, and honeycomb. Okay. Is it coming from anywhere in particular? Yes, it's coming from the body. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Um, let's see. Can I roll for this? Well, intellect and humanities, why not? Um, or... So, um, you guys should actually technically set aside one die from that, but that's okay. Okay. Um, But in addition to that uh, specific description, you can get two more pieces of information. So what kind do you want to know, um, Emma? Um, Okay, wine, honey, honeycomb. Um... Have I smelled this before? Uh, yes. You've smelled it when you were um, in Egypt looking at some, like, I don't know, collection of things related to mummies. Or actually, no, sorry, not to mummies, to uh, rituals in ancient Egypt. Ritual implements. Ritual implements? I'm guessing, I can't be positive on this, but I'm guessing that someone did something to the body. Well, uh, as long as you don't disturb it too much, you can have a look. Uh, I must warn you, his expression is quite frightful. So he... I'm perhaps used to it, I've seen the worst. Okay. 
So uh, does anybody want to examine the body? Oh, wait, you still got one more point. Uh, one more little clue, by the way, Emma. Um, all right. Uh, do the rituals have to deal with the dead? No, they do not. Uh, okay. It seems to be just general temple uh, worship. Uh, general anointment sort of thing? Yeah, it's like incense that you would burn in, in any in a kind of religious service. All right. So, uh, who wants to examine the body? Uh, Jean-Pierre will very like gently, respectfully try to roll the body over. Okay. So kind of. Yes. No particular expertise in this, but he has seen dead bodies before. Do you notice that? one of the first things you notice with the core clue here is uh, Whitby is in his evening clothes. Someone moved the body from his house, then. Well, what's the thing of it? Uh, the servants say he had it out on his own, like that. Didn't know where. Really? Uh, why are, are he was doing it. Evening, evening clothes like you would go out on the evening, or evening clothes like a dressing gown? No, no, no. Dressing gown, pajamas. Ah. As if he was prepared to turn in for the night, but uh, somehow decided to come down to the museum. So, um, and you, as you roll over the, the body, you could see Whippy's face is definitely contorted in a look of horror. Um, Good heavens. Uh, it seems like his, his hair has gone white. And uh, let's see. Yeah, you can get a roll for, to learn more. Um, so set aside one die, and you can make a roll with whatever you think is appropriate here. If you have medicine, that could come in real handy. Um, yeah, the kind of skill you use will tell you what kind of things right. you'll turn up turning here. I was going to try to have Shay uh, do uh, science plus uh, intellect. Not his best combination of skills, but <laughs> right. it'll... Sure. Uh, you're, the, you're the science guy in the group, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, Shay's uh, the, the best at science. So yeah, Shay's trying to figure out I've, okay, so I've set aside a die, so that's... Yes, you'll get some core clue in addition to the extra successes. Hey, okay, I got so a success. So the chief one is... Um, let me think. Looks like he was strangled to death. So you notice some pretty clear bruising around the neck. Um, powerful hands would have done it. So you're going to ask another another question or add something. I was going to say, is the... So, before the smell was... seemed to be coming directly from him, right? It's around him. It's not so much... Right. It's not, you'd say it's strongest around him as you get closest to him, but okay. you don't see any obvious indication of what is the source. So, uh, like perfumey kind of thing, right? So it's kind of it, it's it's ambient, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's a there's a specific sort of uh, focal point for for it. It's just kind of like it's okay. Like they sometime it, 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 there was a strong amount of this, and now it's faded in this room. 
right. Uh, I guess question I'd have was that not your question? (laughs) No, that was uh, that was to verify what we learned before. Sorry. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I I guess we could use that though, like have that be a specific thing. Let's nail it down and say yes. The this source is not a specific object. It's nothing on his person. It's more like somebody had burned this incense in this room late last night. Right. Okay, yeah. No, I'm good with that. Uh, hmm. uh, let's see. Ah, uh, shoot. Poor fella. Looks like he saw it coming. It does look like he did. Uh, so if, if I want to look for another clue, I would need to make another roll? Uh, it depends on what you're doing, yeah. Like, you can also look at the body, and then you would get the same core clue, but you can get a different different additional clues beyond what uh, Shay got. Okay. So you just yeah, have to the... set aside one die, because that's for the, the core thing. Okay. So, uh, I guess... Ah, shoot. Yeah, don't overthink it. I'm just trying to think what would go well in terms of skills for the role. Well, it can be integrity plus cunning. It can be, uh, that's just your basic perception abilities. You can use cunning and right. larceny. You could use cunning and close combat. Uh, I mean, we I know mean, that he's strangled. Would, would knowledge of murder methods fall under larceny? Yeah, totally. Uh, see, I, larceny and cunning, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. If he saw it, coming i wonder if he defended himself uh, like looking for like mm-hmm. defensive wounds uh like anything under his fingernails anything that that sure. might have like evidence yeah of uh in, in the murder scene. It, words aren't working right uh, <laughs> as as evidenced by the one success okay so sure. you're looking... oh shoot. i didn't set a die aside yeah that's uh, okay so uh, he was definitely strangled by powerful hands. Um, what is your what is the question you're asking? Is it is it about it, did he defend himself? Is that what you're looking for? Looking for signs? I, I was of, more, is there like did he? Like, sorry, the, the specific thing I was thinking of like is there, like anything under his fingernails? Yes. Okay. So we can go going at it. Killer, yeah, that kind so of... we can create a clue there and say yes. There's there is what appears to be some very dry, papery substance under his fingernails. Can't recognize. You don't identify Paper. it immediately, but you can you can do another examination, either with. Uh, I'd, I'd say finding out about that. No, you might be able to find out about it right now if you have somebody here that's familiar with this kind of stuff, but. Normally, you'd probably have to go and like look under it under a microscope or something. Yeah, so this this is beyond Jean Pierre's uh, wheelhouse, but he will bring it to uh, mm-hmm. his com- his colleague's attention. So yeah, it doesn't look like blood. Doesn't look like skin to you. It looks thin and papery. Uh, Emma, Shay, this is uh, not an ordinary. Uh... Not an ordinary-looking murder, it would appear. Um, no. But 
I'll try to identify the substance. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think intellect humanities, that's a decent role of it. Eh. Okay. Not terrible. Did you set aside a die? Oh, bollocks. Um, if not, I'll just I'll give you the core clue. Yes. Uh, so the core clue here, I'll say, is uh, it looks to you like the wrappings from a mummy. I was hoping oh, you wouldn't say that. Bugger. Uh, do you say this aloud? While Fox is observing. Yeah, I say, oh, bugger. Um, <laughs> appears it's a very old linen. Oh, strange. Looks yes, around. you're not going to like uh, what we have to say about this, unfortunately. Um, what does that mean? Uh, there's a, a decent chance, I'd say. Um, it's a, well, it appears he was attacked by a mummy. Okay. There's a long pause from him and he sort of chews on his lip a little bit. Says, uh -huh. It could have just been somebody wrapped up like a mummy. More like right. a, a leper? <laughs> uh, he raised his wanting to... All right. All right. That's enough amateur detective. Uh, thank you very much. Somebody Oops. wanting to pretend they're, oh, bugger all this for a lark. I'm not going to get anywhere with it anyway. Oh, does look pretty brutal. Neo's weak and care. Uh, he's the only one who was in here. I mean, if someone did do him, I mean, uh, there's no evidence of it. All the tracks that come in here, he points, there's some like muddy, watery footprints uh, that seem to correspond to his uh, slippers that he was wearing. He says, couldn't find any others. Is there only one had, uh, I mean, one of the very few people on, on the staff who had access to keys that would open this after the closing? It looks like he took him and took his car, drove here, parked, walked up the steps in the front, opened the front door with his uh, ring of keys he had on him, opened the doors into this wing with the same keys, and made his way over to this display case. And he taps a display case, which you notice has like a little um, a gap in the display items. It's pretty clear. It says, it looks like he took some sort of item from this shelf here. Well, someone did. It's not here anymore. It's not on him. And we've already searched the staff, checked the custodian who found him. Doesn't look like he had it on him either. Yeah, uh, emotions. There's a little note card next to the item that where it should be. You need to see like Coptic jars and little figurines and things. And then there's a, a note card indicating that there's supposed to be uh, a menat here, and that it says that it was an amulet used for protection by uh, from like. Looks like kind of like a key almost, and it was used by uh, females participating in religious um, ceremonies. And here's a link to the a Metropolitan Museum thing showing one. So it's like a necklace. It's got a big dongly thing on it with some beads. And uh, 
Corny tradition was used to give protection. Hard. Hmm. Now, obviously, such an item as this might have some value in the black market. So we're already looking into smuggling rings and that sort of thing. But uh, might be worth it, putting one out. Doesn't look good for your friend Whitby if he's involved. It doesn't look good for Whitty, no. I mean, it would be hard for it to get worse for him. <laughs> Shay, Shay yeah. raises an eyebrow. <laughs> as like, it sparks makes a face. Stoneclear looks a little bit incredulous as he says it. <laughs> I... That's a very Niven, Niven moment there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Emma uh, immediately pulls out a small notebook and just writes something down in it. Okay. She, she looks between the two of them and says, uh, Look, the, the man's dead. Can we stop? Uh, can we focus for a moment? Yes, yes, of course. And Hashem uh, Yikom Damo, which I'm pronouncing badly, but. Do you know uh, anything about this sort of thing? Seem to think you uh, you folks had uh, some information on uh, rare well, items. You are not going to like this whatsoever. Um, it's is this about the mummy again? It is not about the mummy again. This time. All right, go ahead. It's an amulet of protection. Hmm. Right. Well. But, I mean, do you know what its value was? Beyond the, the, oh. the hoodoo, hoodoo voodoo uh, business. Priceless, but you must understand, mostly we deal with people who would be more interested in the hoodoo voodoo of it all. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Interesting. Well, you say you Aeon Society types get up to some strange stuff. But mummies? <laughs> well, thank you nonetheless. Appreciate your input. We'll it's what we're able to do, I suppose. So yeah, he he's uh, going to basically motion to the uniformed guy, Nababi, who escort your way, unless you want to try to persuade them to let you look around some more or uh, the questions for them. No, uh, she is kind of waiting until away from the police because he doesn't want to uh, uh, get them involved, but. Uh, at least with this part, because he's starting to put a picture of his brain together about how this is going to get above normal danger levels pretty quickly. Uh, oh yeah, especially with the mummy running around. Uh, but yeah, he's he's going to tell them, uh, tell the other two, and like, uh, if that if that. Uh, Object is missing. We uh, we know someone who's trying to leave the uh, the country in the next day or so. Yeah, she's leaving today. Yeah, according to what you found out. I'm I'm not saying they're connected, and I definitely wouldn't tell the tell our good, uh, good friends that. Ooh. But yes, there's a bit of honor among thieves, isn't there? As long as it doesn't get in the way of the money. 
Oh, this won't get in the way of the money. I mean, you did ask. Yes, but it's... <laughs> oh, how do I put this? <laughs> Bit of a lark among my social circles, and I was thinking we could possibly use it to uh, delay our friend a bit longer. Extend her stay, as it were, in London. Ah, I am listening. Do you happen to have any English contacts who, uh, I don't know, might want the heat off them for a bit? Might want a suspect detained for a few days by Scotland Yard? You may know someone of her. Uh. Yeah, uh, shoot. Trying to recall the. How do we declare a contact, so to speak? Well, you can um, do a dramatic editing. You can right. use your path. One of your paths can provide one. Um, basically, each path represents a stage of your life where you would have met some people, and you all automatically get one connection from that. And that can be a, a group or an individual. And um, you do have to make an access role, uh, which is kind of hard to make because I think you use the rating in the uh, in the path, which at this point for most of you is one. But um, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh. Okay. So let's say. Uh. From. You know. Let's say from before uh, Jean-Pierre was in the French military, uh, he had uh, a connection with a, let's say, a, fr uh, a smuggler, okay. a channel smuggler, which I'm sure, sure there must be some. I don't know any actual historical details. Yeah, a, a, a quote-unquote legitimate fisherman. Okay, sure. <laughs> so this is from your sneak path? Uh, yes. Okay, so you want to note under the sneak somewhere, however you want to handle this, uh, for sneak path, you have a connection. And it can be, it can be uh, for examples, they have criminal organizations, it could be a, or, a best friend, police insider. But if you want to name it, you could just say smuggler or something like actually, that. Actually, wait, hold up. Uh... Shoot, wasn't oh shoot. What thing I'm thinking of the wrong term. Wasn't there like there was a group of people who were like Oh shoot. You're talking about the Irish thieves? No no no, historically. Oh. Uh oh the scallywags was in World War Two, so we're not we're too early for the scallywags. Oh uh, yeah. damn it. Right. It happens sometimes. Galloways, yeah. So you can make a, you can either so you, when you identify your your con connection, um, okay, you have uh, one but... dot in that connection, and then you got to decide one tag for them, which tells you what they can give you. Like there's informant, influential, investigator, sneaky, tech geek, or well connected. Okay. Um, I see. What could it be instead of like a singular in blah. blah. Instead of a single smuggler, could it be just like a group of smugglers? Mm -hmm. 
uh, which I guess would be sneaky would probably work best. Okay. So they're good at not being noticed, basically. Yeah. Uh, so hang on. So connection under the sneak. Uh, and that's one point they start at. Yeah. Sm uh, channel smugglers. And then you say point. sneaky. Sneaky. Okay. Got it in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. So you do need you do need to roll. You you roll yes, your path. You roll access, which, is which is one dot, and then you can roll an appropriate attribute. So you can be cunning or presence or manipulation, however you think you you reach them. Uh, uh, cunning, I would think definitely. Okay. Uh, so one plus cunning is that many dice, which and is I'm fine. I'm giving you guys a uh, momentum for role playing. Ooh, three successes. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh. With your successes, you can use enhancement on your next roll if it relates to what they're doing, or you can just also ask for a favor narratively. Okay, what I was so what was the plan. what was the plan there, Emma? The plan was um, so there's this channel smuggler. So we leak that the channel smuggler is leaving and um, Ms. Hunter's uh, description to my crooked friends and customs uh, that I have through my contacts, uh, my path contacts, and get her detained for a couple of days. It's a common joke to uh, tip off that, tip off, um, the customs agents or the border agents or whatever, that your friend coming back from the grand tour or whatever from abroad is matches the description of a notorious jewel thief, which, you know, keeps them for a couple of days until everything gets sorted out. But of course, because they're innocent and they eventually get let go. So this is not something that Jean-Pierre's contact is doing. No, it's not something that Jean-Pierre's contact is doing, but I want to basically like tip them, tip off customs Based on this, so it takes the heat off of Jean-Pierre's friend for a couple of days while they sort out the business of Alina Hunter. Oh, okay. Well, what we can do instead is say that he provides two enhancement to a check by Jean-Pierre to plant evidence that would lead potentially to Alina Hunter's arrest. Sure. That works. That works. Yeah. I apologize. I've got a case of the yips. All my plans are coming in way too complicated these days. No, no problem. So yeah, uh, yeah. So make a roll for like however you want to plant the evidence, like in her luggage, and then you know make a phone call or whatever, and then they'll they'll arrange it so that the right people are informed and come to look for them there. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Whatever you think is inappropriate. It, well, yeah. well, I was honestly thinking like we could we could use the uh, the the smugglers could. Uh, have a role in like like oh you know they they drop something overboard while they're being chased by somebody that implicates her or something like that unless Don't, it doesn't have to be that complicated again okay. it's probably simpler is better in this case Just, yeah. yeah okay slip it into Just, her luggage yeah put something in her yeah. luggage and then call make a call to the police so uh make a roll for that you get two enhancement from your buddy Okay, so that would definitely be larceny, and 
Uh, does he get anything from my customs people since it's in our luggage? No, because you're not using your connection technically. Okay. I'll, say, I'll give one enhancement, I guess. All right. Okay, so, so that's me and dexterity. Okay. Uh, just slip it into the, the luggage. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. Three successes. So that's a total of six. So, yeah. Um, so you can use that to give her a complication of detained, maybe? All right. Yeah. And so that would yeah. be Detain. up to however much you want to put into it, up to a maximum of five, I think. Uh, was there anything else we would want to do with these successes? You can give yourself enhancement. You can do other complications. Oh, find out right. Sorry. Something. This is that that was like as as like for the party. Oh, yeah. Is there yeah, anything yeah. else we yeah. want to do with that? Uh, mm -hmm. Anywhere else we want to allocate that? Uh, that that wasn't a rules question. That was a yeah. strategy question. <laughs> it happens. Uh, I was gonna say, strategy wise, like, I mean, the big thing is we need to, we need her to be around. Like that's whether or not, like that's sort of big one thing, and that's what we well, got. If she's if she's yeah. detained, then that yeah, kind of takes care of that basically. At uh, we. We probably need. Yeah, it's trying to figure out how to get this from like point A to point B, like how to get this no, to the next part of. You already named what you needed to do. I mean, what if you have her detained? You know where she's at. You can then right. go to the police station and ask her questions if you want, or sneak, like while she's occupied, go search her house or check out the the boat or whatever. Right. So yeah, and also we we do need to figure out she if we find the thing, that's one uh, one thing. Like we don't know a hundred percent that she has it. So, uh, but yeah, we we should matter. look at all of her stuff to <laughs> to if, try to find it. If we're certain that if we're certain that she wasn't behind the uh, murder of our poor friend the professor, she herself may be in danger. I, that is something I do not like to think about. Well, either way, that would mean we should we should act fast. Uh, if we can keep the focus on her and keep the focus away from mm. where she could be here, hiding those, hiding uh, the uh, uh, the item, then uh, the minute. Yes, the minute. And we can, uh, we can try to figure out, figure out some of the pieces at least, not the whole thing. Okay. So, how do you want to go about searching for that item? She's in police custody, being questioned about the suspicious stuff they found in her luggage. So, where are you guys? Are you there searching, trying to get access to the evidence? Are you trying to search her house? I say we yeah. search her house. Yeah. Seems uh, more likely to lead to good results. Okay. So cut to the house. You guys recover uh, at least one inspiration, if you have any that you've spent. And uh, 
get there, you see that the you know it's a, a very nice uh, estate there, kind of set aside from the other ones with a walled-in uh, yard and garden, the greenhouse up back, and uh, servants, uh, like a relatively small number of servants. Uh, Pendleton isn't currently there. It looks like he is trying to get her bail. Um, so you have some time to either talk your way in or sneak around inside without the servants knowing. Ah, uh, I mean, I am generally in favor of sneaking. Uh, I'd be in favor of sneaking, and yeah. Are you guys any good at sneaking? She that is, is an not. excellent question. Um, she is the worst. Is, at, everybody yes, <laughs> she is the worst at sneaking. Well, let's see. Uh, am I good at stealth? Actually, yeah, surprisingly. Okay, sure. So uh, go ahead and make a roll for each of you to sneak past the staff. All right. All right, oh. coming in larceny. Same here. Oh, my God. That's upsetting. It's barely I, better. I, I, I believe I am traumatized by my roll. Um, <laughs> well, you didn't botch. You still you got success, botch. too. For those of you at home, for those of you at home, um, <clears throat> one five, two sixes, one nine, which was the one success, and three ones. Yeah. Oof. Back, uh, back in the the old days, that would have been a a super botch of some sort. Uh, back in the old days, I think they would have taken me out back and diablerized me. <laughs> Uh, I think they just would have uh, ritualistically sacrificed your dice. Yeah, probably. Which is a shame, because they were all the blue sparkly ones from Mage. <laughs> Look, sometimes nice-looking dice turn out to be evil. I just like people. <laughs> so, uh, I'll say there's a complication of uh, Mysterious uh, Guardian, uh, which is worth two if you don't buy it off on this attempt, then you will have alerted the Guardian to your presence. But you did get a success. You will have bypassed the, the staff, at least. Uh, so unless you want to do something about trying to get more successes on that, we'll just move ahead. Jean-Pierre got... Let's move ahead, then. You, you have two successes, so it's not quite enough to buy it off, either. So both of you yeah. have inadvertently alerted the Mysterious Guardian, but... Um, you're not aware of that uh, in character. All right. Is uh, Shay going inside as well, or is he going to stay outside? It's going to stay outside. Uh, so we'll keep him a, out in the place. Yeah. yeah. A, we we think that there's a mummy or other <laughs> otherwise mummy-like creature running around. Plus, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? <clears throat> uh, Pendleton's no, not there. He's at the police station. Right, but he may that. come back at some yes. point and <laughs> he's the main source of uh, non-supernatural danger from what we can see. So yeah. okay. eyes on him is where I mean, eyes on things people coming in. So she quickly deals with the detaining 
So she'll be back relatively quickly. Actually, she's, well, I don't know if she's going to come back. She's probably going to leave. But meanwhile, at her house, what place do you go to inside the house, Emma and John pierre How do you go in? Are you on the first floor of the main house? Are you coming in through a back door, through a window, or what? Oh, are there any convenient trellises? Sure. Any objection to us going in through the second floor? No. I mean, not for me. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say no. Uh, I, uh, no, not at all. Okay. It is daytime, by the way, but uh, nobody spots you. Luckily, so you go in through the uh, second floor window, find yourself in what appears to be some sort of like a three-story house. So second floor is probably a guest bedroom. It's a nice. Uh, if I were incriminating evidence, where would I be? That's not to ask. Hmm. Never but, the answers. If I had to choose, I'd say perhaps the uh, master bedroom. That's usually where it is. Oh, thankfully, that is something that I am generally pretty good at finding. Excellent. So you guys creep out of the, the guest bedroom. You see a long hallway. It looks like this house was probably predates the First World War, but uh, has had a lot of refurbishment in the last couple of years. Um, you see a lot of collections of art items and exotic pieces from uh, North Africa, particularly around the Nile River Valley. See a couple of photos of Whitby and uh, Terence Hunter as younger men, um, turn of the century in the 1910s or something, uh, with uh, an assortment of people, native guides and other explorers posing around uh, different uh, locations. You see couple of repeated images of a looks like a kind of a strange looking pyramid that's not quite a pyramid it's uh rises up as a mound and doesn't have it like a triangle top at the tippy top and uh as you're walking around um both of you give me a um notice something weird going on roll actually do you have dangerous sense i do yeah okay if you have well, any kind of ability that relates to uh Sensing danger, it is I do. happening. Something dangerous is approaching you. <sighs> Not sure exactly where it is. You don't see any obvious oh. signs. You don't hear anything. Kind of deathly quiet, in fact, aside from maybe like a, a grandfather clock ticking away. Uh. Monami, you keep looking. I believe I... Uh have to flex some old muscles. And Emma is going to take out the, uh, a, what looks like some sort of metal bar, um, from the inside of her jacket, her flight jacket. Um, and then promptly, uh, flips it in her hand, gives it a bit of a shake, and it extends into her folding blade. And she's going to go actively looking for this thing. Okay. So well, give me she... a, a roll to search for this thing. 
All right. Um, and then what is uh, Jean-Pierre doing? Uh, Jean-Pierre is going to try to quickly but quietly search. Are you uh, going upstairs to the master bedroom? Yes. Or are you staying where? Okay. All right. So you're going to move heading on. Heading up to the master bedroom. Uh, yeah. He's keeping an eye out as far as um, anything with flux goes, just in case. Oh, items. Know. Yeah. Um, none I'm of rolling, these uh... items down here appear to have any, but um, okay. maybe there's something upstairs. I'll roll cunning and empathy for this one because that seems like okay, sure. Be the uh... all right, one success. All right, I'm gonna it's roll not a failure. Roll for something else. Um, blankly, it's it's just a dead block of stone. Um, but there's kind of a weird whispery sound in the air, and you smell that uh, scent again of honey and wine in the vicinity, for sure. But you don't see anything. Meanwhile, Jean-Pierre, you find yourself on the landing of the third floor, the top floor. You see double doors leading into a master bedroom. Looks like it's locked currently. All right. Uh, can... Hmm. I don't have lockpicking tools in my inventory. Uh, can he attempt to pick the lock? Yeah. Can we? This is uh, not D and D. We're not going to worry about. So, all right. If you had items that helped you with that, that would give you an enhancement. But if you don't have possession of them, it's not like you're going to get a penalty for it. Okay. Uh. So yeah, that's that's what Jean Pierre is going to do. He's going to crouch down and try to. Uh. Well, he's going to. Shoot. As the player, I'm going to be like, oh, he should be suspicious of traps and such and he he wouldn't be it's jean-pierre would not be he would just be going to pick the lock and not think about if it's mm -hmm. not what it seems uh so yeah he's going to attempt to pick the lock so that's larceny based probably with some other attribute uh what's emma and... doing uh dexterity i would think makes sense oh sorry um She's going to follow her nose, if nothing else. Like, there's that scent in the air. She's going to follow the scent. Well, I got a success. All right. So you will get the door open, but it takes uh, a little longer than you might like, basically. So while you're working on the lock with, like, a hairpin or, or like, just a little doodad, uh, um, Emma, you see a door kind of creak open. It's, uh, looks like a 
another uh, guest bedroom. The lights are out in it. This is where this smell is coming from. And then as you're looking in that direction, the lights in the that particular corridor start going out one by one. It gets pretty dark. It does not seem to be noticed by anybody else in the house because they're not in that hallway. Okay. Um, she's going to put her back against the wall. Okay. And um, look from one end to the other and just sort of try and watch things. Um, okay. So I'm going to make a roll, and you're going to roll integrity plus cunning for resisting an ambush. Okay. If you have any edges that help with that, that would come into play here. Uh, danger sense. What does that say? What's the description? Uh, let me look into it. Um, cause I got it right here. Um, reflexive survival and cutting roll to detect immediately directly harmful, harmful threats like an ambush, a sniper oh. waiting to fire, or a bomb yeah. in a car. So you can roll, roll that before this. So roll that. If it succeeds, they do not succeed in ambushing you. Neat. Do I have any survival? No, I'm just rolling straight cunning. Okay. Bloody hell. Gonna need to do that. Ooh! enough so yeah you, right. you at the last second as you're turning uh you see a pair of hands moving towards you but you realize to your horror that the hands have nothing else attached to them they're wrapped in uh linens old dusty linens they look uh kind of blackened in underneath with nasty uh long fingernails and that scent is very strong as they come towards you, sort of hovering there midair to try to grab for your throat. So, all right. Uh, we're not going to roll for initiative. You can go first. Um, but it Excellent. will try, try to grapple you on its turn after you go. I'm going to try to hack the arms off. Well,. There's nothing connected to them, but yes, you can hack them off of themselves. The fingers? I don't know. I, uh, I, just, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah chop, chop, parts, chop, 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 yeah. chop, chop, um, chop. So I'm going to think that's dexterity in close combat. Okay. So its defense is three. All right. Um, close combat is three. Dexterity is four. So that's a total of seven. Hey, three successes. Okay, it's enough to hit. So you do damage to it. So yeah, you, you cut into it, and as you're cutting it, you can see the parts just kind of getting flopped off onto the ground. Here and there, a finger, section of a wrist, and then you know forearm, and then they just drop onto the, the carpet in front of you, just kind of sizzling there amidst uh, some uh, smoking linens as they seem to kind of sizzle out of existence. Bloody hell, Street and Smith isn't going to pay me anything for this. I'll be lucky if I get strange tales at this rate. <laughs> Publishing alongside Howard's cover story. Uh, yeah, so give me a, um, a deduction roll of some sort. Alright, that I can do. Uh... And set aside one die, because you'll immediately get something additional. All right. Um, 
I'll say just in terms of deduction, that'll be, uh, I'll say cunning and empathy for general sense of something going wrong, but something that I might know. So I'll be rolling, um, four dice in that case. All right. I said a die side. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh. So you get the core clue, which is that these hands, before you chop them up, um, looks like they're definitely trying to strangle your throat. About the right size for the marks on Whitby's neck. Aha. Well, <clears throat> there's our mysterious murderer. We were wrong. It wasn't a mummy. It was just mummy well, hands. It was technically. I'm going to count that as a mummy. <laughs> it's mummy yeah. hands. It's mummified yeah. hands. So it's, it's a only mummy. A mini yes, part yeah. of a mummy. Yeah. It's at least part of a mummy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, Jean Pierre, you're able to open the master bedroom. You walk in, and it's pretty weird in here. Uh, there's a lot. So there's a kind of mix of you know, Orientalist kind of decor of a wealthy 1930s woman about town. But there's some definite authentic Egyptian fixtures here and there as well. And uh, most notable is a ritual circle that is clearly set aside um, over by uh, like a drawing table. And uh, you see an incense burner from which uh, you can scent. It's not currently active, but that scent of that uh, kaifi, which is the ritual incense from ancient Egypt, is coming from that. And uh, there's a bunch of like chalk marks and things on the drawing table and on the carpet around it in a kind of circular pattern with a bunch of strange markings that you suspect are in some ancient language. Can't tell. Um, and you see there's a a board there with pictures of people, uh, young women, young men, most of them looking fairly wealthy and, and attractive. And uh, you also see uh, a relatively recent photo of Dr. Whitby and an, an older photo from uh, long ago of a very small, uh, dusky looking girl that looks like Alina when she was perhaps six or something standing in a desert. Uh, dressed in some rags and holding on to the hand of her father, Dr. Terence Hunter. Somewhere in Egypt, it looks like. Dear God. Oh, uh... And more disturbingly, you see some recent uh, newspaper clippings that have, or, or old photos of you guys, the three of you. Oh, well, that is less uh, of a thing. Uh, less less of a... That, that, creepier. That is a creepier thing. That is a, that is a uh, worse thing, yes. Uh, yes, that yes. is much worse. It is less in the uh, sense uh, that it is not as good. <laughs> yeah. It's less good. Right. <laughs> in terms of creepiness, it is the, the creepiest part of this. So what's right. M... While that's happening... Uh, Emma, what do you what do you do? There's still some like wrappings left where it fell on the ground, but there's no real other trace of this thing, whatever it was. Um, I think Emma's gonna go find Jean Pierre and 
tell him what's going on before this gets much further. All right. So as we see you turn away, there's a kind of weird smoke that you don't notice kind of refilling the linens as the hands start to kind of reform slowly. And uh, oh. they retreat back into that room in the shadows, same way they came from. And then you come up the steps, you see Jean-Pierre in that room with all those, uh, you know, uh, the ritual circle, the Egyptian items, the photographs, including your own. Bit of a snag. I uh, did not want to touch anything for fear that it would, I don't know, make all of us burst into flames or something. <laughs> That's probably for the best. I was almost strangled by mummy hands. Uh. Okay. Uh, is, is that a... Uh, it's so like shitty. an actual mummy? No, it was Sorry. entirely metaphorical. You know. I thought... I thought that it would turn out to be, I don't know, a costume or something. No, very much real. Well, you won't see me going into any pyramids anytime soon, then. Suppose not. Uh, I don't know. Can we disrupt this? Can we do something with it? Take our pictures back at the very least. As uh, oh, as ecstatic I, as it normally would be at the idea of a beautiful woman putting up photographs of me in her bedroom, under the circumstances, I would rather not. You can take them down or burn them or take them in your pocket. I, I think we'll just take them with us. Okay. All right. All right. So you guys, uh, anything else you want to do there? Do any of the ritual materials have uh, flux? Or are they just ritual oh, materials? Oh, um, let me think. You don't sense any in the ritual materials, but you can sense that something that was here recently definitely had flux. And ah. um, it has been taken away, but it was in this room at some point. Mm, something that uh, the lady most likely has on her person. Perhaps whatever she's using to control... Or to call this uh, this mummy some sort of cursed artifact? And uh, you see, there are uh, a lot of photos of this same pseudo pyramid that you uh, observe in some of the photos of Doctor Hunter, and there's like a map of the area. Um, it appears to be a location called Medum or Medum, M-E-I-D-U-M. It's an archaeological site in Lower Egypt. It's got a large pyramid with a kind of collapsed side on one part of it. Now that is not the place that I personally have been. Um, I don't suppose your travels or writing have taken you to that part of Egypt. Perhaps a sightseeing trip. Uh, not as such yet. But hope springs eternal. It's like an early example of pyramid construction from the third dynasty. So um, it's considered a quote-unquote false pyramid. But um, clearly she has some sort of fixation on it. 
Like aside from the photos of the people, this is the other thing that is featured most heavily. Occur to you that she is going to Egypt now, or is trying to go to Egypt. I wonder if we might be able to beat her there, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a few days. Could probably get us on a cargo flight. Mm -hmm. Oh, perhaps we should. uh... I don't know if there's anything else here worth bringing with us. But uh, my fingers are feeling a little bit itchy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, up to Emma if if you want to. Uh, well, <laughs> there is also the risk of being attacked by the mummy hands again. Anywhere we've been already, I suppose, is the best place to. <clears throat> Only if it's places we've been already. Nowhere new. Alright. So yeah, Jean-Pierre will we'll keep an eye out for anything valuable looking on the way out of the house. Oh, yeah. retracing your steps. Sure, you can make a like a, a coming and larceny check if you wanted to find something of import or value in the collection. None of it has flux, unfortunately, but um, there's still stuff that has... Uh, Certainly belongs to Egypt, Egypt. All right. <laughs> One success. The dice right. are not friendly tonight. No, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff doesn't seem to be all that valuable, but you do find one. Um, it's like a cuneiform tablet that was used in translating hieroglyphs. That's probably worth a fair amount. It's not like, you know, the Rosetta Stone oh. or anything, but it's still Excuse valuable. Me. All right. So yeah, Jean Pierre will just slip it into his uh, satchel. Okay. Well, it's not like she's putting it to uh, to good use. He's just leaving it sitting out there where anyone could just walk by and pick yeah. it up and walk off let's, with it. Let's catch up with Shay. Um, Please do. So you, you see them exiting in a hurry. Um. You don't see any sign of Pendleton or Hunter, but you do hear like a. F- Somebody gets on the phone, maybe, and um, it sounds like that she was able to get out of police custody, and that she is continuing on her way to Egypt from the conversation with the servant. Servant doesn't happen to say how she got out of police custody, but you assume she pulled some strings. I mean, it, it makes sense. Our our plan was not... Uh, we, we didn't want to get her in real trouble. Well, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think ultimately, yeah, she, she... It was enough to delay her and distract her. Right. You guys could snoop around in her house, so... All right, so... so yeah, uh, Shay's going to try to... Actually, yeah, Shay's going to try to get that information to the others and get them out of there. Okay. So, yeah, you guys meet back up. Uh, outside of the uh, the grounds of the estate, and uh, you confirm with the authorities that she uh, really was released after uh, they got some angry phone calls from a pretty important barrister or lord or something like that. Probably a noble, actually. Yeah. So some lord pulled some strings and, and had her 
excused from the investigation. And uh, according to uh, all reports that you check up on, uh, it sounds like she and Pendleton got on a steamer headed south uh, to the Mediterranean. So yeah, you guys can make arrangements with Aeon Society to pursue. Try to get you want to try to get there ahead of her. Probably it does seem like she's headed to this Medum Pyramid. So uh, you can take a plane, you can take a boat, you could railway, however you want to go about arranging. That's up to you. Well, if she was taking a boat, right? Yes, yeah, she's on a boat. So if we want to get there faster, a plane is probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, I, I um, Jean-Pierre it has been itching to uh, to to get up in the air for a bit. So yeah, he's also going to be in fav- very much in favor of trying an airplane. Okay. So are you going to get a passenger plane with a like a air carrier, or are you going to try to get your own plane to to take there? I thought we would try to get our own. Uh, like, does anybody have that as a part of their? Like, do you guys have wealth or anything like that? Uh, I've got two. Hang on, no. Do I have two dots of wealth? How much wealth do I have? I'd say three is at the minimum for a private personal plane in the thirties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you could still try. Shoot, I've to... only got the one. Yeah, you can pull your assets or, again, inspiration. You guys haven't spent any. You can just say, I know a guy that has a cargo plane and he's willing to loan us. I mean, I did mention Palmo getting yeah, an airstrip. Works. Okay, yeah. So Palmo gets you, uh, you know, that's like two inspiration or whatever. You'll, we'll probably get all back before the next session. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you are able to get a... Uh, a little PBY cargo plane. Um, okay. I'll with, bring it back without a scratch. You know, Palmo airfield written on the side or something like that. <laughs> um, Fly the Palmo skies. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Be careful. It's a remodel. Had a couple of holes in it from pirates, but it uh, looks like it's back in shape, so it should be good to go. And uh, we cut to the interior of the plane as you're flying off towards Egypt. And uh, as you guys are chatting, um, all right, let's see. So you're looking at maps and, and doing some reading and stuff in the back of the plane and or co-piloting uh, with uh, Jean-Pierre and somebody in the cockpit. And... Um, you suddenly see a very dark storm cloud kind of swoop in out of nowhere over the Mediterranean. And as you get closer to it, it recurs to you. It's not just clouds. It's like some sort of beetles or locusts or something. Swarming towards you. So what do you do? What the hell is this? And uh... Faster. Faster! <laughs> yeah, they're they're coming up behind us. So no, they're uh, they're coming towards. They're coming the towards front. us from the front. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Ah. I. 
never seen something quite like that before, and I'm going to uh, try to roll the plane a bit to the side and see if we can just kind of go around them. Okay. So as we see your plane enter a dive and a cloud of locusts begins to engulf the ship, uh, the plane rather, will uh, end the session there.